Welcome to the worship of God at Northside Vibe Baptist Church and as we meet in our chapel. Usually when we begin worship, we always begin with a hymn of praise. However, life isn't always praise, is it? It's not always joy, it's not always happiness, but it's always in God's presence. This past Wednesday night, we began right here in our chapel, the beginning of Lent, as we started with Ash Wednesday. And so as we journey through Lent, we're going to be sensitive to times of life that have grief and the times of life that have love. The first hymn we sing today is going to reflect the gospel lesson that we read later about Jesus going into the wilderness and praying for 40 days and 40 nights. We follow his lead as we enter this time. That's the first hymn that we will sing. Let's stand together and do so. Join me in the litany of invitation and confession. We open our hearts to God, who enters into covenant with us. We see in the Bible that God is a God of beginning again. Even when we are faithless, God is faithful. On this first Sunday of Lent, we pause for a moment of silent confession. Sisters and brothers, claim the Bible's promise. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You are forgiven. Let us raise our voices in praise to God.
And once again, welcome to the worship of God. As we gather together to worship, it's always important to remember that we are here with one another and that there's something better and greater about worship and that we share it as a people of faith together. Especially do we welcome those of you who are guests among us. There is on the edge of the order of service uh, a response card that you could fill out and place that in the offering plate when it's passed. And if you're a guest with your name there, it'll help me connect name and face with you uh, today. Uh, also, if any of you would like to make a prayer request, place that on the sheet as well. It's an honor for our staff and for our deacons to pray for you by name and by need every week. So feel free to make that and drop that in the offering plate. Uh, for the second week in a row, Lindy Welch is able to be with us today. <laughs> he was able to be here last week. That's two in a row, which not all of you can say. <laughs> and if Lindy can make it, you can make it. So Lindy, it's good to have you once again. Valerie Waters is going to be uh, uh, the homegrown guest pianist today uh, that we are going to have through the season of Lent. And uh, we're glad that you bring us the gift of song. I always think the muse of Dr. Bedford Davis lingers near when, uh, when you play because he was such a cheerleader for you. As we listen to the text today, they call us to repentance and uh, gladness that God does forgive us. Also, the gospel lesson is about Jesus in the 40 days, as I mentioned earlier. And that's the communion meditation that I will be using. So pay particularly atten attention to the gospel lesson today. So let us open our ears as well as our hearts as we hear these words read. Welcome. You're invited to confess our sins to God and to relish the joy of forgiveness. A reading from the psalm. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Here ends the first lesson. And may we join in prayer. Dear Lord, we come to you in this season of Lent, conscious of our sin. We confess that even our bodies are weighted down and waste away with the burden of our transgressions. It is then that we know we can pay for sins with a wasted life. Or we can confess and like, let Christ take them away. It is ego that drives us to be conscious and aware of sinning, but refusing to confess and let the miraculous power of your eternal love wipe us clean and give us a fresh start. It may seem easier to do the deed and be deceitful, carry it inside and seem good and pure on the outside. But you know, and we know, that we are weighted down with that deceit. We may say, well, why should I confess and be free of this burden when I see so much suffering around me? Where are you, God, when I'm really suffering? And why do you allow so much sin and suffering on this earth? Choices have a lot to do with the suffering we bring on ourselves, how we take care of our planet, 
how we honor our own health, how we clutch at material security instead of brotherly and sisterly love. We may not understand you, God, and how innocent babies and hungry children must suffer, but we can trust that you are with us. Your experience on the cross teaches us all that we need to know that you have taken our sin and guilt, removed our transgressions, and transformed them into a free and holy path that we can choose to follow as we glorify your name. On this first Sunday of Lent, may we trust the ecstasy of your forgiveness. As we choose to follow a path that leads us to places of grace and service, even in the roughest of times, even with the rising of the waters. You taught your disciples these truths as we say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Apostle Paul shares his theology of how the consequences of human sin have been transformed and redeemed through Jesus Christ, a letter to the Romans. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned, sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet, death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many die through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift and the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If, because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Here ends the second lesson. Would all the children please come join me up front? Thank you. Hi. If you have your offering, Pastor Daniel has the plate, and you can put it in, Abigail. All right. Hey, Levon, what's your name? Y'all got one, too? Thank you. All right. Everybody have a seat? Well, this morning I brought a basket full of some things to show you. Hey, do y'all see what I have in here? You can probably call out some of the stuff you see. What do you see in here? Tuna. Tuna. What do you see, Levon? What do you see in here? Water. What else? What's this? Grape jelly. What's this? Peanut butter. Peanut butter, the crunchy kind. You probably like creamy, don't you? 
Mm-hmm, that's what I thought. Here's the per plaza. What's this? And some shampoo. And I got some tiny deodorant right here. So in here, what I have, Levon, if you will hold this card, can you hold that for me? Can you keep your hands on that? Come sit up here with me. This is what we're going to do during Lent. Now remember, today's the first Sunday of Lent. We're going to be here for a while, all the way until Easter. It's a new season in our church calendar. We wear the purple. We see the purple. We're in the purple season, one of them. So we'll be here until Easter. And what we're going to do during Lent, we're going to think about God. We're going to get ourselves to Easter. But we're also going to do something. We're going to try and stock the pantry for one of our mission partners, Baptist uh, Buckhead Christian Ministry. It's BCM. So today I brought everybody a card to take home. It's your grocery list. I know I usually make a list on my phone, but sometimes it's good to have a paper list to take home. And I put more of these back in the back so we can all take one home. So during Lent, for all the way until Easter, we're going to collect all this stuff, okay? And if you can bring it in, just like we did last year, we are going to collect it and take it to BCM after Easter in the spirit of giving. Because in Lent, we can remember the sacrifice that Jesus gave us so that we can all live forever in heaven with him. And we'll remember that more on Easter. So I want y'all to take your grocery list home and go shopping so we can stock the pantry this Lent. Okay, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for all that you give us. Help us to give abundantly to others. In your name we pray, amen. All right, let's go, guys.
the gospel, please. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, a reading from the gospel according to Matthew. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, to him, All these I will give to you if you will just fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thank you, Valerie, for the song, and for Mary and Mary Frances for the scripture. I confess, I have never been good at Lent. I'm not sure what the required skill set is, but I assume it's something about being good at giving up something. Giving up, like uh, some of you have told me, chocolate, or sugar, or alcohol, or late night TV or coffee, or social media, whatever you do for Lent, it's about giving up. Uh, one of our church members a few years ago told me he was giving up church for Lent. <laughs> I won't tell you who that is, because some of you may remember Christopher Schrotzleiker, <laughs> but I think the trend caught on. Instead of giving something up, others of you take something up for Lent, like to take up prayer in the morning when the air is still heavy, or Bible reading at noon as a psalm is read in a very stuffed calendar for lunch, or meditation in the evening stillness, taking something up for Lent, or maybe keeping oranges and apples in your car for that homeless guy that stands at the corner that you pass by on your work every day, the one with a cardboard sign, and you give him a piece of fruit. At least he won't be hungry for a little bit. Honestly, I haven't been good at either the giving up or the taking up, though I try every year. I relapse a few days in. The most interesting Lenten uh, discipline that I've come across lately, I heard about two months ago, if you haven't read the book, Everything Happens for a Reason, and other lies I've loved, you need to read that book. Everything happens for a reason, and other lies I've loved. It was written by Dr. Kate Bowler, professor of Christian theology and church history at Duke University. In 2016, you may have seen the uh, op-ed article that was published in the New York Times in February that year. She was 35 years old. She was happily married to her high school sweetheart. She had gotten a fine degree from Yale and then a PhD from uh, Duke. She said she had her dream job and she was the proud mother of a happy and healthy one-year-old baby boy. Everything was going her way, but at age 35, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. 
She said the doctors gave her only a few months to live, and it was Lent. Now, lest I bury the lead on this story, I want to go ahead and tell you what she did for Lent. She didn't give something up because she said, so much has already been taken away from me. She decided to take something up. Are you ready? Here it is. This theology professor at Duke took up cussing for Lent. Now, I can tell that some of you started Lent early <laughs> and have practiced for a few years. Everyone was surprised. She grew up Mennonite in Canada. She cussed with her family. She cussed among the surprised faculty members. And through Lent, she cussed with the other cancer patients and doctors. Now, remember the context. Dr. Bowler was mad at God, and she was mad at the church for serving up a shallow sugar diet of hyper-sweet theology. Once a week, every Wednesday, in fact, she would get on a plane in Durham at 6 a.m. and fly to Atlanta. She had qualified for a trial chemotherapy regimen at Emory University. She would get there, get the chemo, stay all day, and then catch the last flight out back to Durham and finally get home at midnight, exhausted, every Wednesday. And all this happened through Lent, and it felt obscene. So she looked around for churches during that season that allowed Lent to be Lent. And she hoped to find a Good Friday service brave enough to just let hurt hurt. But she chose poorly. The one she chose to go to, I wish she had chosen ours, but the one she went to uh, gave Jesus agonizing death on Good Friday three minutes and then broke into an hour of praise songs about Easter. Kate said, they Eastered the heck out of my Lent. And heck was not the word she used. A well-intentioned neighbor during this season stopped by her front door there in Durham. Her husband answered the door, and in conversation with this neighbor, the neighbor said, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'd love to hear it, said her husband. Pardon, said the startled neighbor. The husband said, I'd love to hear the reason my wife has cancer and the mother of my child is dying. Kate said, quote, my neighbor wasn't trying to sell him spiritual guarantees. She was just wanting to fill the silence around why some people die young and others grow old and fussy about their lawns. She wanted some kind of order behind the chaos. Well, we all want that, don't we? We all want to crack the Da Vinci Code of certainty and the secret formula of how to make faith pay off. We all want Wonderland with the power of magical thinking. But instead of Wonderland, what we get is what Jesus got. The wilderness. The wilderness is the home turf of Lent. It's the place where simple formulas of faith go to die, and beliefs go to be tested, and souls go to mature. What if it is for Jesus like it is for us, and what if that was true? That the temptation story, like every biblical story, has multiple layers, more than a seven-layer cake, and just one way of looking at this story is this, that there's really only one temptation said three different times. The temptation was that Jesus was tempted to live a life smaller than God wanted for him. We all know about that temptation, for we have it every day. He was tempted to live a life smaller than God wanted for him. Was he going to be a miracle worker who only gave folk a full stomach of bread and then leave them with an empty soul? Uh, would he be just a showman who could dive off tall buildings in a single bound? The culture remains addicted, you know, to the successful and the spectacular. Or was he going to be a leadership hacker who could bypass blind Bartimaeus 
and leave him on the side of the road or marginalized Mary Magdalene, of whom Jesus had cast out seven devils. The part of Jesus with which the early church identified most was this temptation part, his suffering, his testing, his pain. They said, Jesus gets us. If you need a place to go on Sunday morning, the friendship class is studying the letter to the Hebrews, and several times is the refrain, and we have a high priest in heaven who understands what we're going through. What if you and I this Lent follow Jesus in this, letting go of what's holding us down, not settling for an ensmalled life, however you want to go at that, the thing is, most of us, given a moment to reflect, know what it is that's holding us back or holding us down. Maybe it's shame for you that drains and keeps your head down. Or maybe it's like the, the psalmist said, as we read earlier, the guilt from the past is holding the present hostage. Or maybe it's a secret addiction that keeps you isolated. For Dr. Kate Bowler, it was letting go of a well-manicured piety. Now, I'm not saying that you should uh, take up cussing for a season, but I think it's worth praying over of what is it that about you, maybe even religion, a part of your religion, that holds you down. Why not give that to God? That's what Jesus did in the wilderness. Then again, what do I know? I'm not very good at Lent, like I told you. But I am good at longing. And so is Northside Drive Baptist. It's like our covenant says, of which uh, was written a long time before I got here, a covenant of which Uncle Bill used to say, that's the most beautifully worded covenant I've ever read. And here's a line from it. We pray to be a church where all God's children will experience their inalienable rights given by God to be loved, to know that they are loved, and to learn to love others as God has loved them. Let's make that so. And the table is a good place to start. Amen. our tradition that when a word is offered, an invitation for dedication is also given, where we might bring ourselves to God just as we are. We have folk who want to join or be a part of our dance of faith at Northside Drive. We have folk who give their lives to Christ and those who rededicate their lives to God. Whatever that kind of decision that you're being led to, now is the time to do that. The song that we'll be singing is one that many of you know by heart, know by memory. We're not going to sing all 36 verses, but we will sing the five that are printed here. Let's stand together and sing.
You may be seated. There's someone that I want to introduce to you if you don't know. This is, <laughs> this is David Lester. And David Lester comes today wanting to join Northside Drive Baptist Church. I know that you knew that all the choir was coming to rededicate their lives. <laughs> Lord knows some of them need to. <laughs> but David comes today uh, joining and moving his membership from All Saints Church. And that's not All Saints Episcopal Church, but that's All Saints Church where he's been a member for, through several iterations of that for, uh, for many years. Now, as I said to him earlier today, uh, we wish Terry for standing here with us. Uh, Terry is husband of last, since 2016, and they've been together for 30 years. Uh, died just a month ago, just a month ago. But, uh, but David is here, and he is uh, joining us today and moving his membership. You join with me in welcoming David. Would you lift a hand? And with those hands comes our prayer, David. We're going to read what's in the order of service here about the reception of persons for membership. Let's read it all together in unison. As members of Northside Drive Baptist Church, we welcome you as you join us in this adventure of faith and faithful community. We offer you our love, our history, and our hope. We value your story of faith, and we invite you to serve with us as stewards of God's grace. So, David, welcome home. And remember, God loves you. God loves you. You'll just have a seat here. Beth Laxton, the chair of our diaconate, will introduce you to all these folks at the end of the service. Welcome, David. We're so glad you're formally joining us, a part of our community. We love you. This time of the service, I want to bring a few concerns and celebrations and prayer announcements this morning. Uh, first, a couple of announcements. Uh, the church council will meet directly after the service in the fellowship hall, so gather there after the service. Also, uh, Virginia Gilbert, uh, who chairs our flower ministry team, is going to be available uh, outside in the hallway. Is that right, Virginia? Yes? Had to find you to talk about um, the possibility that you might like to donate flowers at a future uh, Sunday worship service in memory of a loved one or for some other reason. Go talk to Virginia after the service. She'd love to meet with you there. Uh, some prayer concerns to mention to you. We continue to pray for um, Muriel Hardy and her daughter Valerie. She wrote yesterday that they're going through even more difficult time uh, in these last days as she's living with her daughter uh, and we pray for them on this roller coaster of life. That, that's her metaphor, uh, an apt one. So we join in prayer with her. We join in prayer with the community uh, that may be gripped by anxiety about coronavirus. May we be a calm community that shows hospitality and love and faith during this trying time. And may the choir continue to help us uh, learn how to worship God through song, as we'll hear them now. Thanks.
please remain standing for our service of Holy Communion. It is printed as an insert in your order of service, and our acolytes are going to help me celebrate today, remembering that this is not the table of Northside Drive Baptist. It's the Lord's table, and all are welcome to participate. So now let us read responsively the Sorsum Corda. The peace of Christ be with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them, Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with all the company of heaven who forever proclaim the glory of your name, singing. You may be seated. On the night of Jesus' suffering and death, he took bread. And he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after supper, he took the cup. And having given thanks, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. We celebrate the memorial of Christ's redeeming gift, O God, through this meal that speaks of both sacrifice and thanksgiving. In this Lenten season, we recall Christ's suffering and death, but also Easter's resurrection as we celebrate these holy mysteries. Sanctify us and your entire church that we may remain faithful in love and hope as we follow Jesus Christ our Lord. And hear us, O God, as we join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. All of God's people are welcome at this table. Take these gifts in remembrance that Christ died and was raised. And therefore, let us come to the table in thanksgiving and hope Amen.
Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And now we celebrate the cup. Jesus said, this is the cup of my, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us stand together for prayer. All loving God, in this season of Lent, especially we are mindful that you have refreshed us once again at your table, whether we're in the wilderness or in church. We have celebrated the presence of Christ among us. And so deepen our faith, increase our love for one another, and send us forth into the world in strength and in peace, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen.
As we go, we go with grateful hearts. We give thanks for David, who has joined our church, and we celebrate and meet him as we prepare to leave. But as we go into another week of Lent, remember this. May the strength of Christ uplift you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround you, and the grace and mercy of God give you hope and give you courage this day and every day as we prepare to go in peace. Amen.